Welcome to the NSK podcast series. I'm Siobhan Kelleher, the uh, Clinical Support Advisor for NSK, and I'm joined today by the lovely Jackie Armstrong. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning. I'm Jackie and I am the owner of O Oral Health Hygienist Limited in Scotland. It's fantastic to have you and thank you for doing this podcast to enlighten us all about your journey so far in your fabulous new practice. Where did you come up with the name Jackie O? I came up with the name in my hot tub (laughs) Um, after trying about a hundred other names um, but every time I googled the name that I thought I had uh, uniquely created there was about three other practices that were already called that Um, so eventually after a couple of hours of uh, searching on google for all of my my what I thought were unique names um, I thought what if I'd done a bit of a play on words and rather than being dental hygienist if I changed it to oral health hygienist um, then I could have the acronym O and then we could tie it in with oh hello gorgeous you know oh oral health hygienist um, and sort of play around with that title a bit and thankfully nobody else had done it so we uh, came up came up with a logo and had it all quickly trademarked (laughs) so in 2013 the government changed the rules allowing the general public to access the dental hygienist directly without the need for a referral from a dentist I was really excited about this because um, I really do feel at at that time in 2013 I was working um, for a large corporate and I thought this was going to be a great platform where, um, you know, we could have this direct access model. And, you know, dent- dentist for me, a dentist is very curative. You know, they, they are five years of trying to do everything in dentistry and then trying to excel in, in all of that. Whereas as a hygienist, um, we are more, you know, promoting health, preventing disease, know a lot about mouthwashes and toothpaste and everything else that dentists just don't have time to to learn about or know about um and I thought this was a great a great route that was opening up but then um at the time the large corporate had a very very good head office team and the chief exec was a lovely guy um and he had come around all the practices to visit us and when he came he asked me about direct access and the whole head office team were very against it. They thought it was a mistake. They thought they they didn't think that it should be allowed to go ahead. They weren't keen to promote it. And we had, luckily, they were lovely. And we had quite a few hours of a chat over the next week while they were in Scotland. And I was given direct email access to the head office team, to the chief exec and actually changed his mind on it. Because it's still to this day, I don't think it's fully understood. I don't think, I don't know if it's fully understood how qualified we are as hygienists and therapists in in diagnosis, in promoting health and preventing disease, in oral cancer screening. Um, And I think unless there's more education about that within our own dental worlds that we're we're never going to get the message out there you know that it's the old twin set and pedals thing still seems to sort of linger on you know helping the dentist and that's not where we're at you know we're standalone professionals 
professionals in their own right who are very, very highly trained. So luckily they did change their mind on that back then. But even at the very start, it was a it was a it was a battle. And they kind of gave us direct access, gave us our wings and said, off you go, fly, and then tethered us to a post with prescribing rights. Um, which hopefully, you know, is now about to change. But how can you give someone direct access, but still we're not allowed to make decisions, you know, on fluoride application or, you know, local anaesthetic and it just, um, so we've got direct access, but slightly tethered. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there, aren't we? We're getting yes, there. we are getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Dental hygiene is clearly your passion, Jackie. Um, Tell us more about your day-to-day -day work and what services you, you provide at O. So I have, um, I've never just thought of it as being dental hygiene. My sort of mantra or motto or whatever, ever since I've become a hygienist is really whole health, not just oral health. You know, the mouth is the top of the gut. It's the access to the digestive system. It's the access to the respiratory system. Uh, you know, 90%, over 90% of systemic disease is linked, strongly linked to the health of the mouth, um, the health of the gums. So I used to teach, um, and I think all of us in our roles are educators at, at the baseline of anything. So in my day-to-day -day role, I've never seen it about sort of cleaning teeth or, you know, I've seen it about educating and um, about whole health, not just oral health. Um, o is skin and smiles because, you know, the gut is the second brain. You know, there's more nerve endings in the gut than there is in the spinal cord. And if the gut isn't working properly, then the skin reacts, you know, it's the largest organ it will try and take over. So very much um, O is about skin and smiles because we are about the gut at the end of the day um, and educating patients to, to make them healthier. Um, so my day-to-day -day work has become delightful because I've been 32 years in dentistry and I've been on that hamster wheel, which a lot of us have been on, where it's a production line uh, clinic that we kind of run. You know, you're trying to almost do the greater good for the masses and are yes. unable to actually tailor and have no time constraints um, with each patient. And now I have that, you know, I've been able to create that by having my own practice. So we are solely promoting health, preventing disease. Every patient's treatment on that day is tailored to them and where it leads us. Um, obviously, there is the element, you know, of of dental hygiene in it, but it's more than, I think dental hygiene is more than that. Being a, being a dental hygienist or being a dental therapist, as anybody who has done the training and is doing the job, you know, we are, we are more than just uh, what people perceive of sort of cleaning teeth, you know, we're educators, we're counsellors a lot of the time as well, added into yeah. the bargain. Um, and having more in practice, I'm just able to really um, embrace that. And just going back to when you set up, what were the challenges that you faced and what are the challenges maybe that you see going forward? <laughs> if you ask anybody, dentist or hygienist who has opened a squat practice, I mean, you've got to be slightly mental to open a squat <laughs> practice. Um, you know, it's it, fortunately for a lot of dentists, you know, they can they can buy over or or 
you know, tiptoe in as an associate and then maybe buy over an existing practice or they can buy over the goodwill of the practice. Even corporates are buying up lots of different practices. You know, it's very much about the, the goodwill, what they're buying into and uh, keeping things ticking over. But a squat practice, the challenges for anybody, be it dentist or dental hygienist, are Im immense. But worth it you know and that's probably the question that should be asked rather than what were your challenges there were there were many but were they worth it yeah you've just got to get your head down and kind of tiptoe if you must you know but just start in that direction one of the challenges taking away the sort of squat practice element um one of the challenges is again I don't think direct access is fully understood within the profession and within the trade. Um, my biggest challenge wasn't really the setting up of a squat practice because I knew what I was taking on. I knew I was going to open with zero patients in the book. Um, my, my issues were when I was reaching out to trade to set up my accounts and to, to organize my supplies of my stock, um, they were not knowledgeable about the fact that I could, as a dental hygienist, open my own practice. Um, and everyone kept asking, and how many dentists am I employing? And how, how could I possibly work without a dentist? And there was no understanding of patient group directives or it was quite a hard battle. And even now when there's new account managers that come in, I'm being questioned again as to, you know, how many dentists I have and how am I, how am I just, on my own and I think it's a it's a shame and it'll hopefully get easier now that you know there's more of us sort of opening and hopefully more will open um but, and was that just to open an account Jackie yeah to open an account and I'd also suffered some discrimination as well with one of the large equipment suppliers um which uh they wouldn't give me the same terms as they would a dentist's um, because I was only a hygienist, um, even though I was a hygienist who has been a mix army dental corps. So I came out of dental corps in 2003 and I've been a self-employed hygienist since 2003. Um, so I had all my records, but, you know, going back to then. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm 50 next year. So I have a very, I've got a secure, my, my credit rating is very good, let's yes. say, you know, I have a very secure background, uh, more secure than, you know, maybe a young dentist who was coming out after studying or whatever, but there was a lot of discrimination. Uh, I, I did receive an apology because of the discrimination, but it didn't change anything. <laughs> um, there, But there was discrimination and that's where the challenge is. I think it's not so much, you maybe expect challenges out with our own network but the dental network is such a small network especially in Scotland there's only a thousand dental practices and it would be nice if amongst the trade and amongst everybody there was a bit more camaraderie a bit more support for direct access dental hygienists um which there which there isn't at the moment you know things take a while to change they do but, um yeah hopefully do you think more hygienists will opt to open in a practice and why do you think so few have opened so far i think it is just it's very it's very difficult i think you've got to um i think you've got to really want it and i also think you've got to have the right team behind you i am 
in an extremely fortunate situation because I have a, a very, very tolerant husband <laughs> who um, knows that I love my job. And along with that, I have three daughters who, you know, know that I, I love my job. You know, they know I love skin, they know I love teeth. And they are my team on top of that, my dental nurse, my qualified dental nurse who I have has nursed with me for many years. So um, the, the, if the team's strong behind you, then on the days where you're thinking, especially in the beginning, when you're thinking, have I done the right thing? Is this worth it? They're sort of, they're sort of championing you on, you know, they're like cheerleaders in the background and they're going, well, you know, this is, you know, this will be hard just now, but it's going to get better. And what about the patients? How do they react coming to a hygiene only practice? The patients, I, I'm going to use the word love because um, all of my patients who come here love coming into the practice. They um, really feel like they're part of, oh, um, they, I mean, the feedback that I get and the, you know, the reviews that I get and the fact that anybody who has stepped foot through the door come, comes back. Um, I had, there isn't anybody who's coming into O that hasn't come back. They, um, it's, it's different to a dental practice. You know, in a dental practice, everything's just so busy. You know, reception's always so busy. The phones are always ringing. You have the, you know, the, the dentist drills sort of going. There's certain smells that accumulate yes. in a normal dental practice. It has to run in a certain way. A dental hygiene, a standalone dental hygiene practice is just light years away from that. This um, place that I've set up here, uh, there isn't any of that going on. We, because, you know, we're private, we can't access funding on the NHS, so we are private. And with that comes that element of that patient journey where they are arriving on their own, you know, they're arriving, there's no crossover, especially with COVID, you know, that it almost reinforced that really, that there yes. would be no cross crossover. So they arrive, everything is tailored to them. Um, we, everyone always says when they come in, you don't smell like a dental practice and it doesn't look like a dental practice. We have the dental chair and everything in the room, but the whole setup is just slightly different. There isn't, um, we aren't time constrained the same as I was in other people's practices um, and separate it into sort of curative, you know, and promoting health, preventing disease, implants to specialist endodontics. Why are we so delayed in specialising to, you know, and I'm not talking about high-end perio. I mean, I was one of the staff dental hygienists in Glasgow Dental Hospital for a, for a number of years and used to teach in there as well. So yeah, you know, high-end non-surgical periodontal therapy was my thing but I'm not even talking about that I'm talking about the stages before that preventing preventing yeah. getting there so you're Why kind of saying we? a restructure because I suppose we're only about the profession's only about 100 years old isn't it yeah and originally it was designed that we were supposed to go out into the community but then we nobody I don't think the practices knew what to do with us and then we just kind of got put into surgeries and got a ref SP and that was that yeah and it kind of fumbled along didn't it but it definitely has you can see where practices where they have structure works really well but now this whole other area is just very exciting isn't it to be, yeah. just to bring and that I, forward I think 
more that people know about the links with systemic health. I mean, every time I talk about that, people are shocked that, you know, that, that they don't know more about it. I think the, were the United Nations not about to do a three-year charter on education about oral health and um, how, it's, how it's affecting the world and how it's like a, a massive problem. And then COVID hit and it all got shelved. There was something, wasn't there, that they were doing? Yeah, because um, I know the BSB and your perio do try and do things every so often, don't they? But I think the government needs to probably step in and give yeah. that drip drip effect, don't they, you know, across the board. What about the practices around you? How, how supportive have they been? <laughs> so, if we split it into pra dental practices that know me um, and that I've had the pleasure of working in are very supportive. Um, and we have a good relationship with me being able to defer because I get so many patients who haven't, who aren't registered with a dentist or, you know, need certain things. And I have a very good relationship with practices um, where I have worked and they know me well and I would consider them friends, um, you know, rather than just colleagues. And they are who I refer things to, but they are not in my local area. Um, I have done local and I have family members who work in local dental practices. Um, and there's there's ten, there's now 10 local dental practices in, in my area. Um, and I was not received well <laughs> in the beginning. A hamper dropped them all. Yeah, I took them all lovely hampers and introduced myself and said, by the way, I'm open in a dental hygiene practice. And uh, it wasn't well received in the beginning. Now, there is a change in this. There's, a, there's, there's maybe a, a slightly more Disney than Shakespeare ending to this tale. Um, so in the beginning, I would, especially when the practices still weren't seeing people for routine care. And I would have one of their patients as my patient. And there would be something that wasn't routine care that needed addressed. And I would email the practice and say, well, you know, your patient has presented to me with X, Y, and Z. And I would remember my place. I'm ex-army, I was a corporal in the army. I know how to be, I know how to remember my place in the structure of, in the, structure of the world. So um, I would, and I would be, ignored and when the patient would eventually go along to the practice they would say oh yeah we got our email or you know yeah we received our message but they wouldn't correspond with me they wouldn't they wouldn't correspond with me and I was just saying you know I could do this and I could do that but I don't want to you know step on any toes or whatever or can you see this person however and there was other things that happened patients would come back to me and they would tell me tales of things and uh over the past, so we've been opened a year in June, and over the past few months, just the past few months, I'm actually getting patients that are saying to me, I had to check up with my dentist, and they said my mouth's the healthiest it's ever looked, and oh, asked me fantastic. what I'm doing, and I said I'm going to Jackie at and they're like, oh, excellent, well, you know, everything's looking fabulous, so yeah, you should continue to do that, but that has been sort of nine months of I, I don't know I, I think 
again, it's that educating the profession. You know, I'm not here to catch anybody out. I'm just here to, you know, promote health, prevent disease and work in tandem with the rest of the profession. But I don't know if um, sometimes, or this, you know, whether we're perceived as, I don't know, a bit of a threat. We're not really taking out bread from anybody's table. We're just running a standalone service, which at the end of the day helps patients in the long term and dentists because there aren't that many dentists that want to deal with perio. You know, they would rather deal with with um, the more exciting, <laughs> the more exciting yeah. things. Yeah, well, so, definitely the most the most skilled dentists that I've worked with down through the years. You know, they want that lovely, healthy mouth to start working on, don't they? Yeah. Tell us about equipment. Do you, you have some NSK products, do you? And why did you select the NSK equipment and what are the benefits to you? I love NSK. I, um, for, for a couple of different reasons, I have to say. So back when I first trained as a hygienist, we had a profi mate in the cupboard that kind of, needed dusted off you know to use yeah. and I kind of dusted it off I was like I'm having a shot of this and uh, basically since then I've never been without, <laughs> without one um, why 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 would you why would you do you know the old school polish when we have this amazing piece of kit which the patients love once they realize you know the benefits that they're getting from it anyway I NSK was what I was first introduced to. And um, when I came out of the army and was back working in, in Civvy Street, um, the NSK rep for Scotland, Angela Glasgow, is absolutely fantastic. I, you just, she's like Wonder Woman. <laughs> you, anything that you need, she, to her detriment, is on the other end of the phone. And I've had a few incidences where my nurse has dropped my handpiece and it's had to go off for repair and being self-employed, you know, that's devastating to me if then my full clinic is at jeopardy because we don't have enough handpieces to get through to get through the day. And Angela would be there on her white horse um, with a loan equipment while my equipment was repaired. The, the service with NSK, the, the relationship and the, the kind of customer service that you have is just second to none. I have never, I have, lo have loads of lovely relationships with lots of suppliers in dentistry and lots of reps, but I have to say the NSK customer service is just second to none. And that also probably factored into the fact that I also love the equipment. Um, opening all I was able to have a say in what was put in my surgery yeah. which I've never been able to have before I've worked with lovely dentists but they've been very specific about having a bobcat or something you know and they're like we've always had bobcats and this is just what we what we do <laughs> and the I've got an NSK Varius I have the profi mate and I have the perio mate and they're fab because I am on my own in here and especially opening a squat practice, I had to consider cost, cost effectiveness of everything. And I have them as stand, they're standalone systems. So if something breaks down, it's not that I'm losing everything for that, for that ah, period of time. Interesting, um, yes. I, 
do have a backup. My my sort of bracket table does have a backup satellite um, scaler on it. Uh, but um, whilst Angela is still working for NSK, I know that even if anything did break, you know, I, I would should be sorting out straight away with sort of loan equipment while it went off to be repaired. I also find it all very robust. I have used so many air polishing systems over the years and I love my, I love my profit mate. I mean, I, I have only used that for every single appointment I have had since about 2003. And they're really easy to care for. They, they're just a fab bit of kit really. And the various, when I changed from Cavatron, it was different initially I was like right this is a different movement I'm having to use yeah. here it was a, a little bit of a like just switching over in my head a little bit to how I was utilizing the equipment but I have to say um and I'll say this and you might be edited out but um, I was doing I was cleaning the distal of an upper left eight and I've got my loops I've got my light obviously it's got the fiber optic on it as well which is amazing absolutely yes, yes. amazing um, and there was a, a big chunk, you know, of calculus up there. And as I removed it, the, the handpiece, well, the tip fed back, like it gives you feedback of the, the surface that you're on. Yes. So as I, was, as I removed it, I suddenly, from the vibration and the sound, I knew that the, t I knew that the enamel wasn't sound under that, under that large chunk of calculus because it fed back to me immediately that I was on a different surface. And that is amazing because my vision, my vision was pretty good, but I, it was like a, a nanosecond, you know, straight away I could pick up, oh, hold on a second, this, the vibrations changed here. And then I stopped what I was doing, you know, cleared the area and there was a cavity under the, you know, there was a cavity underneath that I wouldn't have got that with with anything else and I thought this is an amazing bit of kit that I have in my hand here that if you're if you're tuned into it you know and paying attention yeah, yes. to it it yeah. will it will you know adjusts it tells you when there's something that isn't that isn't right fantastic is that correct though yeah this is the piece of engine there was a feedback loop yeah, yeah. it was it's was it was really I thought that that's brilliant that we have that because if you're in tune with your instrument then it's just giving you so much information what are your future dreams or are you already living the dream jackie um my initial future dreams is i really hope we get prescribing rights that would take a load off uh so first off would be for us to get our prescribing rights second would be for a bit more um recognition as our own you know side of the profession a bit more recognition for what we actually know because we're quite clever as lot uh, and we're quite useful um and then for more well for it to become easier for more hygienists to open their own practice my future dream would be that dental hygiene was standalone you know like podiatrists are from doctors like opticians are like you know we should we are slightly different Dentistry's to me is like sport and you've got football and you've got rugby, you know, and they're one in the same with the same sort of, you know, scoring endpoints, but really to completely different routes. And I think that needs to be identified now. Long gone are the 
all days of hygienists being there to help the dentist, you know, and, and it's not that anymore. And people are living longer. We have so much more yes. disease occurring. And, you know, like, like I said at the start, you know, the, the gut is the second brain and the mouth is the top of the gut. So really our role in promoting health and preventing disease and my wee thing of whole health, not just oral health, you know, that's really where my dream would be in the future that we had standalone hygiene practices who were totally focused on promoting health and preventing disease. Jackie, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us this morning. This is Jackie Armstrong from Oral Health Hygienist, which is O. I absolutely love it. Um, this is the NSK podcast series. Join us for more in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you.